the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Prayers Heard in Heaven. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another that we may be healed and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. The coronavirus, it seems to have taken the world by storm. But is there light in the great darkness? Will God turn this situation around? Or are we all completely doomed? The title of today's message is Resurrection Power. Well, the church is still here and God has not changed. God wants you to be the first to know what he is about to do so that you can tell others before he does it that they will know that he is God. When God speaks, he acts simultaneously. He tells us what he is about to do before he does it so that we will know that it is him so that he receives all the glory for it all belongs to him. Today, I'm going to tell you clearly what God is doing right now behind the coronavirus that we cannot see. You remember in the book of Job, Job couldn't see what was going on behind the scenes. All the sickness and everything, all the financial devastation, his collapse of his finances, everything that was happening. But Job couldn't see what was going on behind the scene. Job couldn't see that God hadn't completely left him. Job didn't know that it was the enemy coming against him. But God wanted to show Job something new. God wanted a new relationship with Job. He wanted to take him to a higher place, another dimension of a relationship. He wanted Job to have another divine encounter. You remember what Job says at the end of the chapter? He says, I have heard of you with the hearing of the ears, but now my eyes see you. So Job is saying, I've come to a new level. I've stepped into a new dimension. God is using this situation to bring the church to a new place. I am not saying God is doing it. God isn't doing it. I'm not going to get into that one. But what I am saying is that God is taking the church to a new place behind the scenes. Hebrews 18.20, We who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to take hold of the promised hope with both hands and never release it. It is an unbreakable spiritual life. It's an anchor for the soul, reaching past all appearances to the very presence of God, where Jesus, going on before us, has taken his everlasting seat as high priest for us. 
That is so awesome. It is telling us that we have to take a hold of the promises, and then we never let it go. And that by taking hold of Christ, he is an anchor to our soul. There is a blessing that's coming to the church, and this is your inheritance. Prophecy, healing, deliverance is going to take place in churches all across the nation. Because all of this in the spirit realm, God is doing something great as sickness and financial questions and everything that's arising is happening behind the scenes. God is still there and he is still doing great things and he still has wonderful plans for those who love him. And many, many are going to come into the church behind all of this. The churches have never seen such healing take place within their services on Sunday mornings. Behind all of this, the Spirit of the Lord is going to sweep across this nation. And when the people come in on Wednesday night for Wednesday night prayer meetings, it's going to be prayer meetings like you have never seen before. Healing, deliverance, miracle signs and wonders are going to follow. This is going to be talked about for years and years to come. What is going to take place in this land? The coming of Christ is at hand. Ministry of music, it's going to echo the word of God. Music that ushers us into the very presence of God. It's a new kind of music. It's a heavenly music that is going to come about in the church. There's nothing wrong with the music that we have today. But God is adding on. He is about to do a new thing. Suddenly, have we not known it? The music will be so prophetic. The music will prophesy to the people. This new music will bring deliverance upon contact, upon the very hearing of it. Many will be delivered. Oh, God is doing a new thing today. The Lord is saying he was moderately angry, but now he says, now he's turning back to the church with great compassion and we will see the rebuilding of the temple. Praise God. God is shaking things up. The world is being shaken and anything that isn't anchored will be moved. God is about to vindicate and prosper the church. Prosperity. He's not angry with the church. God is not pleased with worldliness. Remember that prosperity starts from within. God is about to vindicate and prosper the church. This is going to come into manifestation and it is going to flow even abroad. So the mind of the church is being renewed. We are the church. I'm not talking about the building. You are the church. During the season of fasting and prayer that's taking place, God is preparing the church. Every gift will be needed and employed by God. Prophetic gifts will run rampant in the days to come. God is going to announce himself. He will speak and then perform. He will do this by his word. And therefore, the people will know that it is him. What God does always agrees with his word. The teachers of the word will be needed. Medical professionals who minister to the sick to recover will even be needed in greater numbers. Artists who paint prophetic images that uplift and encourage Christian counselors who speak the truth, pointing to God. God is going to employ his people in every area of work. Watch what he does. He is not destroying the church. He is rebuilding the temple just as he promised. And he's using his people to do so. 
Oh, my goodness. God is pointing us in that direction. He's saying return to the church. He wants us to call people, to call the souls, to call those who we know, for the labor is great and the laborers are few. He's saying return to the church. Return to the wife of your youth. Get out of the streets. Wives, turn to your husband. Physical relationships must be under the covenant of marriage. We are to have holy offspring from a covenant marriage. Oh, God is calling the church back to the place of power. And that's why some lack so much power. When we refuse to be obedient to the word of God, then we lack power to do the great works of God. He said, Valerie, let my people know that I am calling them. Stay under the covering of the presence of God. Tell them to stay under the shadow of my wings. This is a safe place. It is a safety zone. God is announcing today a sevenfold blessing over the church. God has not changed. The same God who spoke to Moses face to face. He desires a divine relationship with each one of us. The same God who sent fire from heaven when Solomon was worshiping. Second Chronicles 7, 1, when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priests were unable to enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled it. Oh, my goodness. The disciples were on Holy Ghost fire for God. You know, the disciples faced difficult times. The question is sometimes, how did they make it through? How did they endure the type of circumstances that they were facing? The coronavirus has brought difficult times to the nation and to the nations of the world. This is not an easy time. We as a church, we see suffering. We see so much around us. The whole world is watching the suffering and the devastation. But is there a difference between a mighty army coming at you like it was coming at King Josephat? Is there a difference between the way the Philistines had taunted Israel all those years before David came on the scene? Is there a difference in the plagues that were in the Bible as to what we are seeing right now? The disciples faced difficult times, too. They faced being hated. They even faced death. They faced interrogation, being arrested and beaten. Paul and Silas were beaten and imprisoned. Paul was stoned. Peter and John were interrogated. Peter was imprisoned. How could they face such hard, difficult times? How did they come through every situation and keep on going, knowing that what they may face up ahead may be even more difficult than what they had just come out of? But nothing stopped them. They had had an experience, the experience of the resurrection. They had experienced resurrection life and resurrection power. In Acts 6, 4, the disciples made a commitment. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Oh, my goodness. They said continuously to prayer and ministering the word of God. What would happen right now if each of us made that commitment in the church? I am going to give myself continually to prayer and to ministering the word of God. 
in every situation that I face, in every situation that is brought to me, I will open my Bible. I will look and investigate what that circumstance is, and I will minister the word of God to people who are facing that circumstance. That's how the disciples got through life-threatening situations. They gave themselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. But what set them on such Holy Ghost fire? They had an encounter with Jesus. That's what brought them through life-threatening times, an encounter with Christ by the power of the written word and the living word. This is how the spirit of the Lord will come through and mitigate the situation. God is announcing, I am releasing a sevenfold blessing over the church. God told Abraham, leave your country, leave your family and your father's house for the land that I will show you. Oh my goodness. When God calls you to make a move like that, there is nothing you can count on but God. I remember when we moved out of state for a few months. Well, in that time, almost two years, we sold our home, sold our business, And when it was time to return, and then we decided, no, we want to go back to Texas. But I had no home. I did not have a business. I had no means to support our family. But in my spirit, I wanted to return to Texas. So I inquired of God, and he told me. I said, should I go or should I stay? He said, go back to Texas. And so I obeyed the spirit of the Lord without a home, without a business, without an income. Oh, my goodness. But when God tells us to do something, our provisions are already in place. God wanted Abram to know that without any familiar surroundings that he could count on him because God wanted to do a new thing in his life. When God does a new thing in your life, oftentimes we have to know that we have to completely and solely count on him. When what Abram counted on was no longer there, God knew that Abram would have to depend on him. When things aren't the same anymore, when what Abram familiar with was gone, he had to count on God. Abram was obedient. God gave Abram a sevenfold blessing. He said he is releasing the same blessing over the church today because he is the same God today as he was yesterday. Genesis 12, 1, God said these words to Abram, and these are the same words. He is speaking to you and me. He's speaking these words to the church. This is what he is about to do. I will make you a great nation and bless you. I will make you famous and you'll be a blessing. All those who bless you, I will bless them. And those who curse you, I will curse them. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. He is releasing that same sevenfold blessing over the church today. Right now, prosperity is coming in the church. Remember that prosperity starts from within, and that's what's coming into the church right now. Oh my goodness, God is taking the church to a more powerful place than it's ever been before. Sickness and suffering, that's where it's going to be healed through the church. Fasting and prayer is leading the church to a new level of faith. The coronavirus is going to weaken down through the fasting and prayers of the church. 
Oh, my goodness. There is a shaking right now. And anything that isn't anchored will be shaken. There's an old song we used to sing in the church years ago. And maybe many of you have never heard it. But it just had one course. And we would sing it over and over. It says, there's a storm out on the ocean. And it's moving this away. If your soul's not anchored in Jesus, you will surely drift away. Drift away drift away. And we would sing that chorus over and over again. And we understood that if we didn't have that personal experience, that personal relationship with God in life, it would be as though we were tossed at sea. Isaiah twenty-eight sixteen says, so this is what the sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, A precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. Oh, my goodness. Are you relying on the sure foundation today? Jesus is the anchor that this scripture is speaking about. We must be anchored to him. The church is leading the way right now. The way out of this dark pandemic. If the church wasn't here right now, where would the world turn to? You were born for such a day as this. God is imparting a magnificent power over the church to do the greater works. That's what we're about to see. God's message to the church is the spirit of the Lord is to bring comfort to the church, saying good things will happen to comfort and bring favor. Nothing will stop them now. Nothing is going to stop the work of the Lord prospering in this world. The world is in a pandemic, but the church is not. The church is anchored. The solid foundation is Jesus Christ. We are not running to and fro, wondering what God is going to do. We already know he is releasing a sevenfold blessing over the church. It is a magnificent time to be a believer for the harvest is ripe and the laborers are few. And God is sending the laborers into the harvest. And he's reminding the church of where its power came from. You see, through the crucifixion, the church became empowered through the crucifixion and the resurrection. Mary Magdalene was the first to see Jesus in resurrection life. The Bible says this, as Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene at the empty tomb, Mary, and she turned to him, said, teacher, he said, do not cling to me, Jesus said. For I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go and tell my brothers, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. She had a face-to-face encounter with him. She saw resurrection life. The disciples experienced resurrection life. Life. When we have a face to face encounter with God, that's when miracles and signs and wonders truly begin to happen. Resurrection power is the experience inside of you. The reality of Christ is resurrection power. The reality of you knowing Him, and that can shake anything 
that tries to come upon you. When we truly know once he has appeared to us, resurrection power is the ability that God gives us to do the work of God. The disciples experienced resurrection life and resurrection power. Then we know that he is real. Mary Magdalene saw him and the impact that the risen Christ had on her was remarkable. Like Moses, he had a face-to-face encounter with God. Without resurrection power, we cannot do the great works of God. Resurrection life is what the Samaritan woman at the well experienced. Once she met Jesus and she talked with him, she knew this has to be the Messiah. Remember, she went to tell others, come and see the man that I met at the well. She had a face-to-face encounter with the Messiah. Today, we can prepare ourselves to have a face-to-face encounter with Christ. Wisdom, revelation, and knowledge will flow through you. Ask him today, Father, I want to have a one-on-one encounter with you. Draw me into your presence. Surround me with your glory. When we begin to pray like this, everything changes. Lord, I submit myself to serving you. Mary Magdalene experienced with Christ as she served him. She was forgiven of her sin. This took her to a new place. When she met him at the tomb, Then she experienced resurrection power, the power of the resurrection. Once we have the experience of resurrection life, a one-on-one encounter in the presence of Christ as we pray, as we seek him, then he empowers us. Once he empowers us, then we can do the great works of God. Then miracles, signs, and wonders begin to follow that person. It begins to follow through their prayer life. There Mary was weeping at the tomb and Jesus appeared. Remember, Mary had washed the feet of Jesus with the oil and wiped it with her hair. And Jesus had forgiven her of her sin. So now the person who is forgiven of a great debt, now they have great gratitude to that person. Once Jesus has forgiven her, now her heart, the love that she had for him was so tremendous. And then she has that one-on-one encounter. And there she is weeping at the tomb, and he shows up because she had served him. When we serve God, he shows up when we need him. He's looking for those right now who want to have a one-on-one encounter with him, who want to step into his presence. So our prayer life must shift at this point. We're asking the Lord, Lord, give me your presence. I desire a one-on-one encounter with you. I would like to meet you face to face. When you begin to pray like this, all of your experiences in prayer begin to change. God is going to answer the prayer just as you have prayed it, because this is the time to do the greater works of God. When you have that one-on-one encounter, then that's when he empowers us. 
And then we understand the resurrection power. The resurrection power gives us endurance to go through hard and difficult things. Then we know that the circumstances that we face, that God is going to prevail for us, that he is going to bring us out of the situation that we are facing. The only way the disciples could endure by the experience of the resurrection Christ, the experience of Christ's life and the resurrection power. Once you have that experience, you will never be the same. God is requesting for the church to cry out for a one-on-one experience with him, for a one-on-one time to come face to face with him, believing he's the same God of yesterday. He's the same God today. And he desires that the church comes into those types of encounters with him so that he can empower us so that nothing we see shakes us. That he becomes that anchor, the cornerstone that the Bible has spoken about. Won't you pray this week to have a one-on-one encounter with Christ? I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 5.30. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org.